It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. Plenty to cover as always. Nate Blazing is going to break down the entire Brainerd Lakes area and let us know uh, how the fishing has been around here with a variety of species. Steve Sapaniak's got the latest out on Mille Lacs and Ray Gildaw will drop by talk about Winnie, Leach, and put a spotlight on Rice Lake and the Mississippi River going north of that here in the Brainerd Lakes area. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll start things off with our Lake and Field segment, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. Oars and Mine can set you up with a full line of live bait and tackle, a new rig, fishing reports, and the perfect dock arrangement for your lakeside living. The gateway to the Cuyuna Lakes area, Oars and Mine on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll kick the show off with our local report. And as always, uh, Nate Blazing joins us with S&W Guide Service, always keeping a very, very close eye on uh, the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. He's been fishing that quite a bit here lately. And also we're going to talk a little bit about he's got some new information on the uh, Fall Walleye Alliance tournament that's coming up here down the line as well. Nate, uh, how has fishing been around here? La- from what I've heard, it's it, good days and bad days. Yep, that's exactly how I'd put it. It's spotty. Um, I would say it's definitely, you know, it, it took a turn for the better, so it's enough to keep you interested. Um, in terms of the walleyes, your weather conditions have been so key, which isn't real surprising. But if you've got some overcast and some wind, you're definitely going to be able to get some fish to go. Um, it's those flat, calm days, sunny that's when it, it gets real difficult and you got to really work to get some fish. But over, say, all the trips and all the spots we've been fishing, multiple lakes, um, it's enough to, you know, you might have to work with it, but you're, you're getting some walleye, some bass, some pike. So overall, I, I'm not complaining about it, actually. Well, that's good to hear. And uh, you and I were talking off air. The one thing that you've noticed, uh, fishing gull and whitefish and pelican, um, there's a nice little year class of walleyes that uh, are really encouraging right now that you guys are coming across. Right, and and I'd say, you know, I've been on four different lakes that we've noticed that um, anywhere from 9 to 14, 14 and a half inch walleyes are showing up, and it's just, it's interesting. It happens every year this time that you swear there's not too many small fish in the, the lake systems with walleyes, and all of a sudden, like, there's a switch that turns on, and these things show up everywhere. So, um, you know, a lot of them are too small to eat, but when they get in that 14, 14 and a half, 15-inch range, people start wanting to keep them, and that's fine. But it's just good to see that apparently, I don't know if those are probably two- or three-year-old fish, but uh, apparently those fry or fingerling, whatever were stocked there, must have had the right conditions, and they took. So it's really encouraging to see in multiple lakes. So. Uh, that's good for the future. And talk to the DNR guys, Mark Pachigalupi, and they did their surveys out on Gull not too long ago, and they said they were seeing a lot of those fish show up in the nets as well. And the catch rate in the nets, I think they said, was was a little bit higher than last year. So there's some good stuff showing up in that, so it's encouraging to see. Absolutely. Uh, what are you throwing at uh, the walleyes right now, Nate? Because I know a lot of people this time of year, they like to switch over to cranks. Um, and yep. I've heard people doing, having some success with that. Uh, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask cause I'm fairly one dimensional or two dimensional, but, 
I, I would say I've talked to guys that are still doing the trolling crankbaits at night and doing really good for walleyes in that shallower stuff, anywhere from six to 12 feet of water, um, either over sand or over the top of the weeds. Middle of the day stuff when we're fishing with clients, the key, there are a few fish out deeper, but those deeper fish, again, don't seem to be real active. You have to be right tight, tight to the weeds, so in that 15 to 18 foot range, and, you know, a creek chub, red tail on a lindy rig, or else um, if you go over and mark a bunch of fish, you can put the motor in neutral quick and pitch a jigging wrap and snap through them, and you're able to get some pick some fish off with a jigging wrap too. So a couple of different techniques are working, and then I should also say there's still a slip bobber and a leech bite. Uh, if you get some wind especially, you find that cabbage in that 12 to 15-foot range, and you're getting some really nice walleyes as well as some really nice bass doing that. So that's the slip bobber stuff still, it's it's amazing. That's been the the steady way to catch fish all year and it's still going pretty strong sounds like the big pike are starting to go a little bit too now huh yeah the big pike have been again we'll start a lot of our trips off early in the morning with walleyes and then when those kind of slow down or peter out then what we've been doing is sliding out to a little deeper water and again that 25 to 30 foot range 35 foot even and you'll you'll mark them they show up like a you know, very easily on your graph and you can either drop down uh, a jig in a minnow or just a bigger creek chub sucker minnow. And uh, it's been really fun action. A lot of those 25 to 30, 32 inch fish. So they're, they're not your small little hammer handles. These are actually nice, real nice quality pike. So that's kept us very busy and it's been a lot of fun. Um, Up on whitefish in particular, the interesting thing is most of those fish that we have been cleaning all have, you know, a Cisco or two in it. The other one, the one day we cleaned a fish that had two Cisco, uh, four chubs, and three different hooks that it had cut off on people's lines. So they're definitely on the chew out there. That's for sure. That's interesting to, to hear. Um, and these fish, I mean, are, are, you know, the walleyes, the pike, are they pretty aggressive right now, uh, Nate, or is it more of kind of a finicky bite? I would say it's pretty aggressive, and um, the walleyes, again, early morning, you actually have a feeding window, and that's kind of, I'd say, your normal, typical walleye hit where they'll kind of tap on it and go with it. Once you get out of that feeding window, you're you're going over the top of, you know, 20 fish, and it's more of an aggression bite that you get them to hit when they're mad. So when they do that, they absolutely rip the rod out of your hand. They hammer it like you'd expect a pike to. The weird thing with the pike out deep, you'd swear it's a walleye bite because you get the nice little thud. And the weird thing is you don't feel anything. You go to reel up about five feet and those fish have hit it and swam up. And then you think the fish is gone and all of a sudden it's there. And it's like clockwork. They'll hit it and swim up five feet and then you set the hook. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting how that's working with those bites. Yeah. What are you hearing on the crappie front? Anything? I haven't heard a whole lot on the crappie. I know a couple buddies have tried it. Uh, actually, yesterday on Gull, one of our guides tried it, and he ended up running into walleyes doing the crappie things, pitching a small little jig up in the cabbage. Um, but from the guys that I have been hearing for the crappies, it's again, it's that deeper edge of the weed line, cabbage weed, so that you know, 14 to 17, 18-foot range, I think, is for the most part a uh, small little jig and minnow or even cast them like a beetle spin to locate them. And then once you locate them, you can go back to just a jig in plastic or a jig in a minnow. But uh, I haven't done a whole lot of crappie fishing lately, though. And bass fishing, is that pretty good, too? Bass fishing is. Just got off the water, and it was one of the funner trips I've had. We had uh, two boats and a family out, and 
you know, we we kind of stayed on the edge of the weed line, so we had a couple of guys, Lindy rigging, and then the other two pitching jigs, and it didn't matter. Um, fish were up shallow, as shallow as six, seven feet, and as deep as 20 feet, so the action was really, really good. A lot of really nice fish. Um, the one thing I would say, though, is gull has been a little more difficult of a bass bite for whatever reason. Um, it's almost easier to catch a walleye out there right now than the bass have been, so I I'm not quite sure why that is, if it's because they're so pressured, but they're there. It's just trying to get them bites a little, been a little tougher. One last thing, Nate. Uh, we got the Walleye Alliance Fall Tournament coming up here down the line. Uh, you got some new info on that as well. Right. Yep. We got everything formalized, so we've got registration. You can do it online at our website, which is www.walleyealliance.com. Fall Classic, it's September 27th. I also dropped a bunch of hard copy registration forms off at SNW Bait Shop. Um, we got some corporate sponsorship this year, so the prize pool should be a lot nicer than it's been the last couple years. Um, registration fee, if you do it before September 15th, is $200. After that, it jumps up to $250, and we've capped it. Uh, we pulled a permit for up to 50 boats this year, so uh, they've been coming in fairly steady. So if you're interested in that, you should try and get signed up sooner than later. And it's a really fun time. It's out of the youth elk camp on the south end of the lake. Again, the proceeds, we're going to, it's 100% payout, but then we're taking a bunch of the corporate money that's came in as well, and we're going to put that into stocking efforts into likely Gull Lake this next year for walleye. So that's where the return from that investment's going. So it's a good time and family-friendly, so come on out if you're interested. It'll be fun. Yeah, and uh, it's all over Facebook, too, because I, I got my Facebook invite from you this week, so uh, check there it out there, too. Yep, I forgot about that. I did put it on Facebook, and there's events uh, for that, so you can check that out as well. There you go. Nate Blazing with SNW Guide Service, always keeping us updated on what's happened locally. If people want more info on you, Nate, how can they get it? Sure. You can call the bait shop at 218-829-7010. Otherwise, our uh, guide service is www.snwguideservice.com, or I'm on Facebook, Nate Blazing, B-L-A-S-I-N-G. Or the Walleye Alliance is on Facebook as well. So lots of ways to find me, Brian. There you go. That's Nate Blazing. Nate, I appreciate it. Great info as always, and we'll check in soon, buddy, okay? Perfect. Take care, Brian. More of Branded Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and Ray Gildow joins us with the Nisswa Guides League, and as always, Ray keeping a close eye on Winnie, Leach, uh, the immediate Brainerd Lakes, and Ray's going to spotlight this week uh, one of my favorite places to fish, and really kind of an underrated place to fish, and that's the Mississippi River. Uh, Ray, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. We, it's good to be back. <laughs> basically, we caught you uh, just kind of hanging out there on Leach, huh? Yep, I'm up on Leach. Uh, I'm not on the lake right now because we have company at our cabin, but uh, otherwise I'd be out there. Um, it's. Um, I just wanted to mention something about what we did last week. We talked about Ossawinamakee last week, mm-hmm. and I remember you specifically asking me if there were any muskies there. And uh, one of my family friends lives on the lake. I didn't realize that at the time. And she called me last week and uh she said that her father was with a conservation with Ossawinamakee Conservation Club. And in the 60s and the 70s, they had permission from the DNR to stock that lake with muskies. 
So the lake has had a history of being stocked. It's not being stocked anymore. But she thinks that there's probably some natural reproduction going on because they still see muskies at the docks, and there are still people that catch them. So just a little tidbit from last week's talk about that lake. Um, I uh, talked a little bit uh, with Kim uh, Leonhardt up at uh, High Banks Resort on uh, Winnie, and there was a tournament there last weekend, uh, an AIM tournament, which is a walleye tournament. It was kind of a neat walleye tournament because they take pictures in the boat of the walleyes and they release them immediately, and there's no harm done to the fish, which is pretty neat. Uh, but she said the people that stayed at her resort had a real tough time. It was a tough, tough weekend of fishing. But this past week, uh, with our weather changes that have been going on, uh, the, the walleye bites picked up again, and people have been doing pretty well specifically with, with crankbaits. And uh, she, you know, we talked a bit about this before, but in 2018 was a phenomenal uh, year for a hatch on um, Winnie. It was really good. Well, 2019, according to the DNR, there's a 30% increase over the 2018 hatch. So there's a lot of 12- and 13-inch walleyes in Lake Winnie right now. And uh, I think that's going to bode very well for next year when these fish will probably be 15 and 16 inches big and uh, big enough to keep. So um, they've been do- catching some northerns, and they've been catching some walleyes, uh, and the walleyes have been being caught mostly on crankbaits. And um, so, you know, that's not a bad report, really. It's pretty good, I think, for the first week in August. Jumping down to leech, uh, leech has been tough. I think it's fair to say, and that's, that doesn't mean that there's people that aren't catching them somewhere. Uh, it's a big lake, but it's been a tough bite here, and uh, it, it, it always is in the early part of August. You know, they have lots of uh, bait fish to eat now. Uh, the ciscos, there's lots of small ciscos, and it's pretty neat. Uh, I think it's pretty nice yet. We have not seen a big kill off here, uh, and I think that's partially because just when those water temperatures were getting into that lower 80 range, we got this cool weather that moved in, dropped the water temperatures back down into the 70s, and I think that's going to save a lot of ciscos from uh, from dying unless we get a real hot spell uh, later on here in August. But I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily. So um, well, I talked to a couple of my guide friends, uh, and they said it's been really a tough week. Uh, I've been picking up a few, but not a lot. And uh, so... If you want to go someplace where there's a hot bite, it probably isn't a leech right now, at least for walleyes. I think the bass bite's still been good up in uh, Sucker Bay and uh, over in Boy Bay, where there's lots of vegetation to, to work over. <clears throat> so I think that's been pretty good. And there's huge sunfish in, in Leech Lake, too. If you can get off those weed edges and find those sunfish. And, you know, most of those weed edges in uh, Leech Lake, they're in the big bays. Uh, so you don't have a lot of deep water off of them. It's usually 8 to 12 feet of water, and that's where you need to kind of go and work along to see if you can find some. Uh, just jumping down to the Brainerd area for a few minutes, um, it wasn't that long ago when we had no zebra mussels in uh, Gull Lake, North Long, and Pelican, and it was almost uh, like you could look at the calendar, and if the weather was normal, the walleye bite would start about the third week in August. It was just very predictable. Uh, that would be really good. Well, that's not the case anymore. Uh, <clears throat> the water's so much clearer now, and the, the fish patterns have changed, and it's not quite as easy to determine uh, what the bite's going to be and when it's going to really be good. 
but it's not as good as it used to be. But I had a friend call me last Saturday, and I had to go to a wedding, so I didn't get to go fishing with him. But he was on the walleyes on the north end of, uh, of uh, Norgal Lake, and he was doing really well. And he was doing well casting crankbaits. Uh, and that's something that this particular person does a lot. And he does, I think, above average uh, catching fish because he uses crankbaits. He's not pulling them behind his boat. He gets out into the water and throws some of them. And whopper floppers, if you've ever heard of them, it's another very productive little crankbait uh, that uh, people have been using the last couple of years. And it's been working when a lot of other things just aren't working. And then just another a little side, I had uh, two friends, one, two different boats, four guys, went to a, an area lake, fished for five hours, and had one bite. They got a northern. They never had another bite, and they were fishing with leeches, nightcrawlers, you name it, and they just couldn't catch a single thing, which was pretty discouraging them. So, which brings up what I wanted to talk about a little bit today, Brian, and that is river systems. And I think it's really uh, this time of the year in August and early September, when these lakes have shut down and they're not doing very well, it's a good time if you've got a boat that can jump over to a river, it's a great time to get into the river system because a lot of times when nothing else is biting, you can go to the river and you can find smallmouth, largemouth, walleyes, uh, suckers if you want them, or carp. And the nicest river and the most popular river in our area, of course, is the Great Mississippi. And I'd like to talk a little bit today about the area from Rice Lake, which is just on the east side of Brainerd, right off 210, um, on the road to Crosby, uh, that Rice Lake all the way up to French Rapids. And I lived on Rice Lake for a number of years, and I'm f- somewhat familiar with the area. And I think a lot of people don't fish that river because they're afraid of what's in it. You know, are there stumps? Are there logs? Uh, we can ask our friend Mandy, uh, <laughs> who last year had a pretty bad experience on the Mississippi. She tore out a whole lower unit of her motor. Uh, going in an area where she always did go, and for some reason or other, she hit a stump. But Rice Lake is a very safe area to fish. Uh, it's got depths of 25 or 30 feet. It depends on the summer and on where the dam is at. But um, if you go from just uh, to the Rice Lake area to French Rapids, we're talking about an area of about 13 miles in length. And uh, the Rice Lake is really just an impoundment of the Mississippi River, so it's a backwater. And this area is characterized by numerous shallow back bays and lakes with bog-stained water and lots and lots of wild rice beds. When the gates of the dam are open, the current is pretty strong, and Rice Lake is the most productive single area of the reservoir system to fish. And I would say in Rice Lake, walleyes are the main attraction, followed by huge sunfish, and crappies over three-quarters of a pound. The best crappie fishing in Rice Lake, frankly, is probably in the wintertime. Uh, And there's an island in Rice Lake, and I used to live right across from that island, and we would fish on the south end of that island and do really well with crappies. The fishing patterns and techniques change drastically once you get above Rice Lake. There's a lot of swampy rice fields, thick weed growth uh, just above French Rapids, and fish scatter throughout this vast territory. There are numerous back bays and small lakes along the stretch of the river, and a lot of people don't realize that when they're going up the river 
that if you could get over the other side of those rice beds, there's lakes back in there, or there's nice backwaters that contain bass, northern pike, and panfish. And you might just want to try to get a map of the area to see where those are at because you're going to have a hard time seeing them from the water itself. There's Rabbit Lake, Hazelton Bay, and North Bay. They're all acceptable by boat. Horseshoe Lake can only be reached by a canoe or some small boat because it's not designed for a larger boat to get through that area. And by late summer, by another week or two, some of these areas are going to be just full of smallmouth bass. There's a migration on the Mississippi River, and I think on most rivers, the smallmouth bass start migrating from the north to the south. And it was a secret for years that this was an area of huge smallmouth bass. A lot of people didn't realize that, and then some of the good bass fishermen discovered that and uh, started putting a lot of pressure on those bass. And that was one of the reasons, I think, that the DNR started uh, to close that bass season in September for smallmouth bass, not for largemouth bass, but for smallmouth bass. And so uh, I think the other thing to say that there's, there are some big northerns. Their big northerns are, are kind of elusive in that system. I used to have troll crankbaits and uh, daredevils and uh, Johnson silver spoons. And every now and then I would hook up with something and it would break my line. I'd have no idea what it was. I don't, still don't know to this day if they were muskies or big northerns, but there are big northerns in that uh, particular river system. And um, most of the northerns, there's a lot of hammer handles, a lot of the small northerns, and most of those are caught in five feet of water, uh, six feet of water, and they're off. There's an area of a bay known as Stump Farm. It's on the east side of the river, right across from Horseshoe Lake. It's a northern hot spot. Lots of northerns in there, and as the season progresses, it gets a little bit harder to fish because of all the vegetation and the wild rice. Walmouth, uh, walleyes and smallmouth bass, I should say, are almost non-existent in this reservoir system north of Rice Lake. Um, if you go up to Greens Point and French Rapids and the area below the, the resort up there, uh, you're going to mostly be looking for bass and small northerns, but not the large ones. Walleyes relate to deep holes formed by neck downs, and the smallmouth bass use the same areas, but they're more apt to be at the beginning of the tail end of the hole and also check on the rifle area at the head of the hole. And rock bass are everywhere in this system, uh, particularly on the points along the edges of the river channel where there's lots of logs and rocks. But some of these rock bass get up to two pounds, and they're very, very, very large. And there's also a good population of big perch, as big as a pound to a pound and a half, and they're usually caught in that Hazleton Bay or the Little Rabbit uh, Lake, uh, especially in the wintertime, Little Rabbit Lake, the Mississippi Backwater Bay, with the, nav and the, uh, with the channel you can drive through, provides a refuge for the fast current or muddy water. So I would say, you know, when you have days like this now where the, the bite's getting pretty tough, there's lots of forage for a fish, just get out and try a river system. You could be amazed at how many fish you can get, how many varieties of fish you can get, um, and it's well worth your time if you can take a, take a venture out. We have uh, a number of river systems in the Brainerd area. The Crowing River System is a great one. The Gull River System <clears throat> is another one. But the Mississippi River is the granddaddy of them all and well worth a trip to try it out. 
Yeah, I know. I Rice Lake is just down the road from my house, Ray, and I got a friend of mine that lives on it, and him and I fish it all the time. And um, it's my favorite place to fish because of you never know what you're. Ca- I mean, we've caught catfish out there, and pretty much every other species that you mentioned. And uh, he knows it like the back of his hand because he's fished it his whole life. And so uh, I'm kind of spoiled that way. But uh, it was interesting that you brought that up because uh, it is a fun place to fish and. It is a place that people overlook a lot. You know, when I lived on Rice Lake, excuse me, it used to be commercially fished for buffalo head, and they would pull out nets full of buffalo head, just huge netfuls. And uh, I don't think the market is very good for them right now, so I don't think they've been commercially fishing Rice Lake. But uh, when I had a spearhouse out there, there would be times sitting in that spearhouse when the whole hole would go dark. And I would, you know, it's not a real clear water area. So I would never know what it was passing through there. But I often felt it was probably buffalo head or big carp, um, you know, because there are pretty good numbers of those in there. And like you said, they're all fun to catch. And uh, it's just a, a lot of action. That's for sure. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League, always bringing great information to the show. Uh, you can check him out at raygildow.com as uh, well as all over social media, too. Ray, I appreciate it. Good stuff. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll check in next week, okay? Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head out to Mille Lacs. Get the story out there. As always, Steve Sapaniak joins us with Predator Guide Service. Steve's been busy, musky fishing. I'm sure, Steve, uh, people have been out there walleye fishing now that that's open again on Mille Lacs. Bass fishing is picking up. Uh, a lot of boats out there? You know, it really it really was good to see the uh, walleye opener again, you know, August 1st. There, yeah, there was a lot of boats. There's still a lot of boats we went from having no boats hardly at all during July to looking pretty good again. Are we at that normal pace where you see hundreds of boats all over the place? No, but we're getting there awful quick. A lot of good walleye reports happening too, Brian. So all in all, it was a good thing. The walleye opened up again. And like we always talk about, people don't care if they get to keep one or not. They just want a chance at a trophy of a lifetime, take a picture and release it. So again, it's a win-win situation on the big pond. Yeah, and I hate to always kind of keep bringing this up because we've brought it up a hundred times, maybe more. Um, but, you know, going to Canada, you really can't keep many fish up there either. And that's where people like to go this time of year to get that trophy of a lifetime. And being the borders are shut down and looks like they will be for the foreseeable future uh, up between the U.S. and Canada, Mille Lacs would be the perfect place to go. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's not only is it such a good walleye fishery, it's a good walleye factory as well. And a lot of people are talking, well, you know, the fish are skinny and everything. I don't know what daydream they're having. I mean, we catch hundreds of walleyes a year trying to catch them and, and catch them by accident going for other species. Just about 99% of these walleyes we're catching, Brian, are healthy. They're fat. They're looking great. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in in the big lake, but right now having skinny fish isn't one of them. And the bite, I'm happy to say, is phenomenal. And, you know, like we said, you know, not to sound like a broken record, why spend all those hundreds and hundreds of dollars in Canada when you got it all right here? Yeah, and there's great resorts all across Mille Lacs. I mean, mean, yeah, you could save yourself some money, help them out. 
and still have a great fishing experience. Oh, definitely. You know, east to west, north, south, it's all over. The, the resorts are second to none. They're, they're going out of the way to make sure your stay and your time is pleasurable. It's fun and it's accommodating. And like we always talk about, the fishing is fantastic. But look at the other side. If you're an ATV enthusiast, you've got hundreds and hundreds of miles of trails there also. So you got everything going for you. Again, I hate to cliche it, but it is a win-win situation. And again, you know, the fishing is just starting to get better every day. So if people are heading out that way, we're, you know, we're kind of getting into that dog days of summer, as they say. So uh, the fishing, walleye fishing can be a little tricky. Um, Mille Lacs is a little bit different lake than a lot of the other ones around. So if somebody's heading out that way, Steve, what would you tell them to do? Do they, do they want a Lindy rig? Do they want to get into the weeds? Do they want to pull a crawler or a leech or a slip bob or fish? What, what would be the best thing to do? You know, Brian, that's a great question, and I have to be honest with you, my friend. Right now, believe it or not, the walleye fishing is fantastic with just about every presentation you got going. Normally, this time of year, we're going back to crawlers and bottom bouncers, or we're getting ready to do some jigs and minnows or jigs and leeches. But anything and everything, pulling crankbaits along the weed weed edges has been fantastic. Doing a snap jigging inside the weeds has been good. Uh, going with a lindy rig alongside the edge of the weeds has been fan, you know, great as well. As well as out on the flats, no matter what flat you go on, there's walleyes out there. Go off, in case in point, I was uh, musky guiding a couple times this last week on the north end, and guys are sitting right in the shallow edge of the weeds in 9, 10 feet of water in the cabbage catching walleyes. There's people on the break line where it goes from 18 to 22 feet with slip bobbers catching walleyes. A guy goes by with a bottom bouncer, another one goes the opposite direction with a lindy rig everybody's catching fish. Normally this time of year, it's one technique or maybe two, but not all of them. So I'm impressed with the big pond dishing out that kind of walleye action for everybody and anything they're using. A little early for lead core? Yeah, I would say it's a little early for lead core. I mean, you can possibly go and do it. Right now, a lot of those schools of uh, tulipy and whitefish, you know, they're there, they're starting to concentrate, but they're concentrating big time. And with all the forage and the feed going on for the walleyes in other areas, you know, what I see on the main basin is you target a few walleyes here, a few walleyes there, but the walleyes aren't concentrated, you know, chasing them yet and everything. Remember, it's not only warm water temperature, surface temperature, it's been warm drying down. I heard reports in 30 feet of water, seven mid-70 degree water temperature. That's unheard of this time of year. So with the cold weather coming in, I'm lucky to see things are getting back to normal that way. So how has the musky fishing been out there? Because I know you've been uh, guiding for them too. That's right. It's been uh, it's been a little challenging to say the least. The warmer water temperatures, surface temperatures, and below the surface, like I said, down to thirty feet, has made it challenging. We are starting to see fish. We're having hits. We're not getting anything as of the last week or so boated here. We've had our chances. We've had some nice hits. Uh, you know, I'm not out in the main basin doing the deep water trolling. But I am doing the shallow water fishing like everybody else is doing. And when I talk shallow water, I'm talking the weed beds up to 16 feet. The muskies haven't really moved into the rocks yet. They'll be coming up real quick. Um, sort of slow yet on the muskie end, but on the pike end, Brian, I'm glad to say things are picking up. We're starting to get a few more pike. You know, right now we're at maybe a half a dozen that are getting in the high team, you know, high teens, let's say, range, you know, anywhere from 15 to 18. Got a few of them that were close to 20 pounds, which is exciting. I plan on seeing a lot more action as the water cools down as far as the northern pike goes as well. Any technique special for those out there? 
you know, we're using plastics, you know, like the Medusa, the Bulldog, stuff like that. Uh, small, small plastics has been going. Uh, spinner baits such as the Rad Dog for Pike has been going real well. Uh, Fidelity Musky Candy spinner baits has been going well. The old uh, Dick Pearson grinder has been doing pretty good. So that's been going as well there also. Uh, the thing is, the pike are holding deeper. The, you know, usually this time of year we'll find them in the eight foot range, the big one. You know, big ones like time talking above 10 pounds, you know, 15 pounds. Right now we're getting the smaller ones in the eight to 10 foot range, eight to 12 foot range. We're getting a lot of three pounders or six pounders. Well, at least they're starting because as of three weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago, they were non existent because of all this heat we've been having. So that's something to keep in mind. Something you wanted to mention too, we were kind of talking off air. Uh, about speed trolling, uh, people are, are from muskies out there. They want to be careful with that. Most definitely. You know, I thought it was, some people call it an art. You know, when I get done talking to the public here, you tell me what you think of it. We got a group of guys who speed troll, which is fine. It's fantastic. It is a great, great method for catching muskies. The problem is when a muskie is hooked, they do not stop. You, they are going anywhere to three to five miles plus an hour. So three to five plus miles an hour. What that does is the person playing the fish is tugging that fish against the the motion of the boat, pulling at three to five plus miles an hour. So what you got is a fish that does come in is exhausted. A lot of times they're ending up dying. They die right away because they get drowned. You can drown fish, folks, believe it or not, or they die later from shock. Their adrenaline rushes off from giving everything they can to fight the angler going so fast against the waves. They die of shock once the adrenaline wears off. Um, another thing to keep in mind is the last week, week and a half, there has been a lot of muskies, big muskies, 55, 56, 57 inches found dead up towards the north end. I know they had a big private tournament. A bunch of guys got together. They do every year. More power to them. But these are the group of guys that do not stop speed trolling. I know one gentleman admitted to me he kills between 15 and 25 muskies a year speed trolling because it takes too much time to get his troller boards, plunger boards, you know, unhooked from all the mess it could cause when you stop. Well, you know what? There's such a thing as ethical fishing. There's such a thing as respect for the fish. If you're trying to be a guide and you're killing fish, maybe you should re, you know, reanalyze a couple of things. If you can't change your techniques or stop your boat instead of killing all these fish, maybe it's time to quit. You know, like I said, speed trolling is fine. It works. I've done it. It works fantastic. We stopped the pontoon. Quit killing fish out there, people. And for all you people that know these people that are doing it, these guides, quit hiring them. Yeah, well, that's something to keep in mind, that's for sure. Last thing, Steve, uh, bass out on Mille Lacs. How has that fishing been? Smallmouth bass fishing is starting to pick up, Ryan. We're not having the 20 to 30 bass a day. You know, we used to have 40 bass days and everything, but we're getting more than four or five again. You know, a lot of times you end up with a trip with maybe seven, eight to ten of them. Uh, sometimes you're still getting skunked, and most of the time you're ending up with a handful of them. So that is starting to pick up. Smallmouth bass with Ned Riggs again, jigs and pigs and everything, uh, drop shotting, that all works. Put a bigger, like a jig and pig on your drop shot. Quit going with a small little uh, wacky worm. Go something bigger. This time of year, a bigger presentation sometimes with this warm water will turn them on again into biting. So that has always been good. 12 to 18 feet range with rocks and uh, rubble has been good, Brian, as well as the deep sand has been doing real good. And don't forget, folks, I'm, tro- I'm, I'm trolling and I'm casting into the weeds for muskies and pike, and we're seeing and we're catching a lot of nice, big, big smallmouth bass. I and mean, we've taken smallmouth bass up to 20 inches, 5.5 pounds already cast, and that's been the last few weeks. 
Uh, largemouth bass is going pretty good. You got to get deeper into the heavier cover. You got to get into the coontail. You have to get into the cabbage weeds. Wherever there's deep water drop off by bulrushes has been real productive, Brian. Spinner baits has been doing good. Small spoons have been doing good. And jigs and pigs have been doing good. The key with the jigs and pigs is to cast into a area that's open by all this uh, heavy cover and just wait it out. It's going to happen. Yeah. What about those smaller lakes around Mille Lacs? People that maybe want to do a little pan fishing. Anything happening there yet? You know, that's a great question, Brian. Right now, with all the hot water, you're catching panfish, but all the lakes are giving off the smaller ones. You're catching a lot of four or five to a pound. Shakopee has been overchoked with weeds and warm, warm, warm water. So has Smith Lake over there, Borden Lake, you know, farm on and down the line by Aiken right now, giving up some nice largemouth. Panfish is just about non-existent except for the small ones. Uh, again, you know, a lot of largemouth in Farm Island, a lot of largemouth in Shakopee and Smith and Borden as well. People don't target them as often as they should. But small, the fishing on the small lakes is starting to pick up. Yes, we are behind schedule, but take a look at all the heat we had. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, there you go. A lot happening out in Mille Lacs Way. If you want to head out there, a lot of great fishing. That's Steve Sapaniak. Great information from Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at predatorguideservice.com. Steve, I appreciate it. Good stuff as always. We'll talk to you soon, buddy, okay? My pleasure, my friend. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And just a uh, quick event update, and stupid COVID-19 wiped out another event on us. Uh, looks like the uh, 2020 Minnesota Governor's Pheasant Opener has been postponed. Governor Walls has announced that uh, the 10th Annual Minnesota Governor's Pheasant Hunting Opener, set to be held in Fairmont, has been postponed until October 8th and 9th of 2021. Despite the event's postponement, the governor still plans to participate in his favorite pastime of pheasant hunting, and he urges other Minnesotans who enjoy the sport to do the same when the season opens up on October the 10th. Fairmont uh, is the county seat in Martin County and actually has a population of about uh, 11,000 people and has about 4,700 acres of public hunting land. So uh, it's something for you to check out if you want to look for a place to pheasant hunt here in Minnesota. The pheasant hunting season opens up 9 a.m. Saturday, October 10th, and it'll run until or January 3rd. 2021. More information on Minnesota pheasant hunting available at the DNR's pheasant hunting webpage. Now to put a wrap on this week's show, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. Stream the show live at todaysbestcountry.com and brainerdoutdoorsradio.com if you're away from your radio. And we're all over the podcast networks as well, so wherever you download podcasts, Search Brainerd Outdoors and you should be able to find us. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.